Welcome to the Parent University Podcast. I'm Megan Brown. And I'm TC. Hey guys, I'm Isaac. And we are so glad that you've set aside a few moments to hang out with us today. In each episode of this podcast, it is our goal to share with you as parents what we are learning while working and ministering to teenagers at Three Circle Church. We want to come alongside you as the number one disciple maker in your teen's life and help to equip you to raise kids who love God, love others, and love the church. Today is actually our very first episode, and we couldn't think of a better topic to kick things off than friendship. Today we have with us Chelsea Bruce, who is a small group leader with us and a great friend. Chelsea has been leading a group of high school girls through their high school years, and they are now seniors this year since ninth grade, right? Been walking with these girls. So she has been in the middle of navigating friendships with these teenagers for quite some time now. So welcome to the podcast, Chelsea. Thanks, Megan. Happy to be here. We're so pumped to have everybody here together today for the very first time officially, boys. You guys are so quiet over there. They're just, they're, they're smiling behind their microphones. It's a great laughing. intro. Thank just, you. I know, yeah. I'm just, Thank wow. you. It feels official. It is yeah. very official. Okay, so... We're just going to dive right in because we want you to listen to this whole thing and we don't want to bore you. So we're going to jump right into our topic of friendship today. We think this is something super important here at Three Circle in student ministry for high schoolers in general. Friendships are such a big deal. And something we say often around here is that the people in your life determine the direction and quality of your life. We tell this to the students all of the time, but what we want to ask is, one, how does this impact students in their relationships? But then two, how does this impact us as parents? What should we know about this? Uh, what should we t- be telling our students when it comes to this, our kids, when it comes to their relationships, their friends? I think from a biblical perspective, First Corinthians 15, we're in the middle of that right now. It says, bad company corrupts good character. So, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I, I'm brought back to all the times mama said, you know, you can play with all the kids in the neighborhood except that kid. You know, like there's a reason that those things are there. And if you're a parent listening to this, you have probably said something to the effect of that to your own children. Uh, you can hang out with these kids and, you know, I don't know. There's a myriad of reasons why you said that, but maybe you've never put your finger on it. Maybe you've never added language to why that was a thing. But I would bet that it's because there's something missing in that character cocktail going on, right, with those people that you don't want your kids around. Uh, And I think it is a a true statement, man. The people in your life determine the direction and quality of your life. That is so true. Everyone on this podcast can, like, we're all nodding our heads to how, yeah, like when I, I found myself here, it was probably because I was hanging out with that person or... The reason I ended up here in life was because I ended up running with these people. So, um, yeah, I'm a big fan of that statement. I think on the flip side, when you said um, bad people can corrupt good character, I think it's important as parents and, you know, me as a small group leader to help kids understand what good character is and what that looks like and help them walk that way. Um, I always say to have a good friend is to be a good friend as well. And so it's really important that we are pointing out to our children, this is what a good friend does. They are kind. They listen. There's 
reciprocity, which is a big word for they care, I care, we go back and forth. Um, and so knowing what's good is also pivotal in recognizing what's bad. TC, something you say a lot is that I think when we get in, ourselves in trouble, our kids get ourselves in trouble is when they're choosing their friends on interest over values. Uh, can you explain that a little bit? What does that mean? And how can we guide our teenagers to be choosing friends based on values instead of just what they're interested in, just what they're doing? Well, it starts at home. <clears throat> it starts at home for sure. So mom and dad, you you have to model this out. Uh, but, uh, you know, early on, little kids, and, and if you can take yourself on a trip down memory lane, you can remember where when you were a kid, going over to, you know, mom's friend's home or dad's friend's house, whatever, if they had kids that were around your age, you didn't have to have anything in common, right, to play with those people. It was generally, and this is how most kids, their brains operate, like, you know, hey, we're going to go over to Chelsea's house. Well, do they have kids? That means they have toys. That's all I care about because <laughs> mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. a kid, all they care about is is common interests, not value. They're, they aren't, they don't care about character and <laughs> discipline and all that, you know. So all they care about are are, are, are interests, you know, the things you have that is basically, is this going to be fun for me? Which is, that's an innocent, you know, immature way of, of viewing things. But when you get into teenage land, uh, you have to, at some point, you have to graduate from choosing your friends based off of your interest or just for the fact that you're on the same football team. Like, there's nothing wrong with that in a basic sense. But when when those are the people you are not just on a team with, but you're now doing life with, well, hold up, hold up. You know, I would I would strongly, highly encourage you to make sure that your your teenager is aware of a their own values, but also the values of others. Um, that's that's a pivotal age and and such an impressionable age when they, I think they have the wherewithal to to pick up on the things that mom and dad probably are talking about character. I, chances are a coach has said something about discipline and character and putting in hard work like this is the point in their life where the culmination of all these words are coming to the surface and it the rubber has to meet the road there so those conversations you know if you just interject this cold turkey then yeah it's going to feel a bit odd but i think like there is no universal age for these things to be talked about uh and i i, I just think that's massive like at some point, you have to, adults as well, this is not a teenage thing, you have to be uh, aware of who you are doing life with, running with, hanging out with, and choosing those friends based off of uh, values, not just interests. Yeah, I agree. And I think sometimes, too, like a social standing, whether it's in parent relationships or in high school, middle school relationships, sometimes it's easy for kids to think I got to be friends with a popular girl or I got to be in this group or it's not, I'm not going to be enough or I'm not going to make homecoming court or I'm not going to be on the volleyball team if I'm not at this part, whatever it is. And I think sometimes as parents, we have to look at our kids and be like, that is not the most important thing. Right. The most important thing here is, are you a kind friend? Chelsea, like you were saying, are, are you loving people the way that God loves us? Are you exemplifying these things? Are you being this person, 
And like you're saying, choosing friends over what we value, not social standing or being on a baseball team. And I think that's hard for parents, too, to navigate because we don't want our kids to experience pain. We don't want them to be left out. We don't want them to be lonely. And so we start trying to help them make these friendships that are going to make them okay, right, in the world. But at the end of the day, those friendships are going to leave them completely empty and probably brokenhearted in the long run because they're they're based on interests, not values. If we're choosing friends based on who is kind, who is loving, who reflects the character of Jesus— even if they're the nerdiest kid in the school, then these friendships are going to be what are life-giving. And sometimes I think that's harder for parents than it is for the kid. Yeah, I was just thinking about it. I was like, man, like, I think it's so easy to uh, tell our students, like, hey, choose these great friends. But if we believe here in uh, Three Circle Student Ministries, uh, if we believe that parents are the number one disciple makers of their students— then what are you doing as a parent to model this friendship that you are telling your student to have? It's like, hey, you need to go have these friends because of this. But you as a parent, man, are you doing that exact same thing? Like, are you choosing uh, friends based on interests? Yeah. Where do you think they learned it from? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> where are they learning? Where, where, where are they learning this model of friendship from? And so, I mean, I don't have an answer for parents on how to be better <laughs> at that or, or, or like like maybe we can just mention something just right here, just, man, like how can parents just be a better model for their students in this area of friendship? Yeah, that's a great question. I think like you're saying, live out healthy friendship. And so what does healthy friendship look like? I think we look to scripture, you know, it is accountability. Uh, it is fun. It is love. It's grace and truth, right? Like there's all these things that when you develop these healthy friendships and these healthy relationships, we were kind of talking, TC and I were kind of talking about this earlier a little bit. Like we ask our kids sometimes like, who, who do you think is, our kids are little, they're seven and eight. So we say mommy, daddy, um, which I know is not cool. (laughs) If you have a teenager, you probably say mom, dad. Um, But we say, who do you think is mommy, daddy's friends? You know, like, and and tell us who, and if they are kind of like not knowing who that is, that might be like a little bit of a red flag in your life that maybe as a parent, you need to kind of get some people around you. Maybe it's a small group. It's community, right? Like we're made to live in community. And so maybe this is just a question, a healthy question to ask your teenager, like, who do you think are my friends? And how do you see me living this out? Do you think that I have like good godly friendships in my life? Because you can have conversations with a teenager that we can't have with our seven and eight year old. We were laughing because sometimes they like say teenagers names that are our friends. And we're like, okay, what about like the older people in our life, you know, um, that are the same age as us? So I think that's just a really healthy because we don't think about it sometimes. I think as parents, we're so busy pouring in our kids and making sure they're at soccer practice and making sure they're making good grades and ACT scores. And that we forget like we have to be living these healthy things out and model it for them. Yeah. I think you can also uh, use this material as something to strike up a conversation with your child or your teenager, uh, especially. I, I just think about, you know, our, ours are seven and eight. So I only have so many would you rathers. <laughs> I only have so many what's your favorite restaurant questions. At some point, you have to kind of pull in a little more substance. And for a teenager, you know, they can smell a fake a mile away. This is a great way to not just frame up questions, um, 
but also bring some substance to the table. I bet if you're listening to this, chances are you are like in desperate need of some substance to talk to your talk with your your teenager, right? Um, in the same way, you're not, you know, there's a there's a time and a place for those would you rather's, and they're they're hilarious and they're fun, but but at some point you have to be the leader, right? The rightful pastor in your family to to say, I mean, you know, I mean, and this requires vulnerability. Mommy and dad are struggling in this area. How do you do it? That's a great question. Yeah, good. Make them like, feel like the expert right, for a change. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, this one is a question. Chelsea, I'm going to send this kind of your way just because you're walking with some teenagers and you've been doing it for quite some time. But what do you see is one of the hardest things to navigate when it comes to teenage relationships, teenage friendships? What are they struggling with? If you could tell parents, these are some hot topics. I think what I have seen, and I think because I get them in ninth grade, some of this happens in middle school. So Isaac, you can attest to this. But I think what happens is kind of what TC said is you're, you hang when you're a little kid, you hang out with your neighbor. You hang out with your elementary classmates. Um, you do get to hang out with kids because you like to play or whatever. But then when you get to middle school, it's like, oh, but I can hang out with this person that I like better than my neighbor. Like there's these like availability because you're more mobile, you're you riding around, you have options. Yeah. yeah. And I think back to growing up, Celeste was my neighbor and we were, we rolled so tight. And when we got to middle school, she kind of had a different friend group than I did. And I, I mean, by the grace of God, my mother, I, it wasn't like, oh, Celeste and Chelsea had a friendship breakup. Right. We just kind of went our separate ways. Would it have been easier for all my parents if me and Celeste still hung out all the time because we were neighbors? Absolutely. Were we friend, family friends with them because we were neighbors? Absolutely. But our parents didn't like try to like force us to continue to be friends. And I think sometimes as parents, I mean, Meg, you and I have even joked about like, <laughs> if we could just get our kids to go to prom together, our kids are like in elementary school, like, we'll just have my We've son take your daughter. That. And we're like, Arrange to them. We're being, we said that to them. We're being the worst parents ever right now. This is too much pressure. But, you know, the idea of like, we want to kind of handpick our kids' friends. And I, I think that what they're wanting is that they're wanting that ability to choose their own friends. Um, And so I think it goes back to showing that character. And when we don't allow people to talk bad about us and continue into those friendships, and then they learn, my friends shouldn't talk bad about me. When we don't allow people to flake on us constantly and keep subjecting us to people who are only friends with us when we're convenient, then they see that and they're, oh, a good friend, you know, communicates clearly. A good friend shows up when I need them. Um, a good friend invites me to their birthday right after I invited them to mine. And so there's these things that we can um, walk out, which is hard. Um, adult friendships, y'all, that's harder than teenage friendships. It's hard to mm-hmm. make adult friends. Um, but I think communicating that there's a vulnerability to it and allowing them to to be vulnerable and to make new friends and to have discussions of, are they pushing you to make wise choices? Are they, are you trying to pull them from making bad choices? Like those types of questions to think about, um, not just like, are they making you a better person? That's, you know, (laughs) it, it, it needs, it needs to be more specific, um, than that. But I do think 
um, a lot of times as parents, like, I will be brokenhearted if my daughter doesn't continue to be friends with our neighbor friend because they are so sweet together. But when they get to middle school, like, they may walk different ways. And so I want that to happen. I've seen girls in my group who they're like, oh, yeah, I was friends with her in kindergarten. And it's like there's no love loss. And then I've seen teenagers who are in utter pain for years because of friendship breakups. And I just feel like we need to communicate that expectations of people change and grow and relationships change and grow. Um, And we need to model that, but also be there for them in that season of, you know, it's not working out right now, but it might circle back around. So we don't want to trash talk and we don't want to be unkind towards someone, even though it's hurtful at the time. You know, Chelsea, one thing you said that I love, because I tend to be more on the like, be kind to your friend, be this. You kind of just talked about to be honest with a friend and to be a truth teller with a friend. And that is also kind. And I think sometimes in culture today, you guys probably see this high school, middle school, we have a tendency to cancel friends. And I think that this can be something as parents just to live out when a friend wrongs you, when we go separate ways, when you get left out of a party. As parents, are we modeling the proper way to handle conflict in truth and in love in friendships? And so Chelsea and I are friends, and my kid wrongs her kid. And I'm telling, now what you have to do is you have to go apologize, and then Chelsea's child is going to accept that apology and have truth and grace and love and say, that hurt my feelings, but I still love you. It's not this, like, she did this, we're never going to talk again, like, like, let's model biblical friendship and biblical conflict for our kids so that they can then, in their friendships, live that out. Do you guys see that as something that happens in boy world as well? No, right. Yeah. I mean, the one thing that I was going to say about just navigating friendships is that the one thing that I've seen inside middle school, the middle school age, that, that age range, is they are losing more friends than they are gaining. Just Goodness. to Chelsea's point, they are like they're they're starting to find just a little more niche of a person that they like hanging out with. And parents, it is okay if they are not friends with your friend's friend, daughter, <laughs> right. son, right. kid. Yeah, you can still be friends as parents and your kids not run together all yes, the time. Yes. Yep. And it is it is okay. It is okay if your child loses a friend. Mm-hmm. But, but the thing about that is, is how are you helping them through that? Do they need help? Did they just lose it because maybe they lost a common interest? Did they have a conflict? How, how involved are you in your student's life to know why or why not they have certain friends? So maybe that's a question to ask yourself. To say, Man, why does my student have this friend? Is it just a, is it is it because of common interest? Is it because they just like hanging out? Is it because they like playing video game games together? Are they on the same baseball team, or do they just love Jesus and that's why they're friends? Like, how involved are you in your student's life to know why you have friends and why maybe they lost a friend? I think also this whole like bestie culture, BFF forever culture. I mean, I'm you know, I, I say it too, so I'm guilty as charged. But I think there's a lot to say about seasonal friends. There are friends that are with you for certain seasons, and then 
they are not. For different reasons, you kind of grow apart, but that doesn't mean it has an ending necessarily. Um, And I think as adults, we experience this over a long period of time, so we understand it. But for that middle schooler who was just really close to this person in elementary school, and then when middle school, and they're all mixing together, right? It's not just the elementary school now. It's all three elementary schools merging, and they find that friend they just click with, and they're just riding on all cylinders. Even if the values and all these things are matching, the elementary school friend is not lost, but it's it was in a seasonal situation. And so if we can carry that with grace when they're juniors and they're reunited, there's not this like pain they have to get over. It's just like they're hanging out again, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I think that um, seasonal friendship is a real thing. And I don't know if they always understand that. They're like, I have to be friends with the girl I was friends with in kindergarten forever. And it's like, you can be Mm -hmm. friends with her, but not have to include her on her, you know, or... Okay. Yeah. Okay. So Isaac, you mentioned um, video games. So how do you guys see that social media or online or video games, whatever that is affecting friendships and what should parents know about this? What should they be aware about in the psyche of their teenager? What's going on up there? What do they need to know? Yeah, so I immediately go to Snapchat, one of the biggest uh, social media platforms right now. If your student does not have it, they probably feel like they're being left out right now. But here at Three Circle, we respect you as a parent to mm-hmm. not uh, allow your student to have any social media platform. So we are not pushing social media on your student. We are not pushing Snapchat on your student. But if your student does have Snapchat, they're probably snapping like 20 to 30 people right now. <laughs> no question. Right now. Right Absolutely. Now, right now. Currently, no as, you, as you are listening. And the thing about that 20 to 30 people is like, whenever I think about social media, it's like, I want to see like my friend's life, like what's going on in my friend's life. And I can probably only count like probably like three to maybe like, 10 people that like I truly like want to keep up with but if they're snapping 20 to 30 people they're probably calling those 20 to 30 people they're like true friends mm-hmm. and there's no way there's no way that they can have those true friends and so a lot of their friends quotation marks they're just keeping streaks alive they're yep. snapping each other once a day and saying oh yeah my friend we're, we're snapping or they're just they're just doing whatever like they're not having any sort of conversation i've literally seen uh students just send images no text back and forth it's just image 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 back and, and it's forth, like of their forehead forth. It's yeah. like not even anything yeah. like that, I will never understand Snapchat. Uh, I'm like, <laughs> what that, are you taking a yes, picture of? Yes. And that is their form of communication. Sure. And it doesn't make sense to me at all. But that's how they communicate with their friends. And so just that idea of just social media, how it's affecting their friendships, it's like they don't they're not necessarily talking as friends. They're just sending images back and forth. And so how 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 are your how are your students how is your teenager kind of navigating social media and mm-hmm. well with friends yeah can i add something to that so uh i don't know when text messaging came out but i remember going from email to text messaging and you're you know it was revolutionary right so it was it was cool to text and you know the generation behind us like, well we'll email you know and, and i just remember going oh my gosh you want to 
email or pick right. up the phone and call yeah, or, pick up yeah, yeah, my whatever, grandma yeah, don't right. text me pick up the so, phone and call so me so there is a component to snapchat that is unique i'm again also can't stand snapchat but snapchat um a lot of the teenagers that that we see they use it as a means of communication primary communication primary that. uh i i get ghosted but if i want to reach someone or or, or i'll have a teenager t- i just snap me i'll you know, I'll, I'll I'll be far quicker on Snapchat, but I'm not gonna. Touch You're like it. it's all on the it's same like, phone. Oh, Just I know. Like, oh, the no. like it's so it's so inconvenient to, to to text, but I'd rather snap you. Uh, so there's so there's that. Uh, uh, you know, I'm not necessarily for. I'm anyway. It's I, just just to be aware of. Yeah, that. it's a it's a great that that awareness. A, I do to know. I do feel like too. Now I have senior girls, so this might be a little bit different than middle schoolers. But, you know, we'll be talking about boys and they're like, oh, I've been snapping this guy. I'm like, it's not real till it's offline. Yeah. And so I have incurred, like, and I am telling them that truth. That boy might be snapping you and you might have a streak. But if he has not asked you on a date, asked you to hang out with Said friends. Said hello like, in person. Been in person and had eye contact with you, that is fake. And they're like looking at me like, no, it's real. I'm like, friend, it's not. And then what will happen is... Like when she encourages, hey, do you want to get together? That guy like slows down, the streak breaks, it's over. Right. And so I have, I mean, I know that's like dating, which, but even friends, like if you think this is your real friend online, that's great. If you have a connection online, I think we shouldn't say you should not be connecting online. I would want to ask my student, oh, you have this great friend that y'all snap and send funny memes to or videos or TikToks, whatever the youths are doing these days. But anyway, (laughs) um, then I would say like, hey, do you want to invite them over for a movie night? Do you want to go do this and like take it offline and make it real? And then let them see like, okay, wait, this person is not transferring from online world to real world, right? And so maybe they're not my true friend. Maybe that's not who I can call um, when I need something. And so um, yeah. I don't, and I don't think that's bad. I think saying don't do Snapchat, like whatever, deaf ears. But if you can say, hey, do you think if we, if we, if you initiate conversation outside of the internet, is it going to be reciprocated? And if you're scared to talk to them, then you're not being a friend. Sure. Like if you can't, I mean, I also have girls that are like, can't look a boy in the eye. Then you know what? You're I mean, that's not gonna happen. You're not ready. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. It's not uh, happening. <laughs> so I think I think there's a, a general awareness for a parent listening to be aware of your child's screen time. Yeah, hundred percent. You you have to be like you're a dinosaur if you're not monitoring their screen time. You have to be aware of this. And I'm not just talking about relying on what their phone is telling them. They are not the boss of that phone. You bought that phone. Absolutely. You, you own it. It's your phone that they are using. So they have been he entrusted with. This, right. So, <laughs> and the lie that social, because I, I agree with you, Chelsea, hit the nail on the head. It's, I don't really care that it's not cool, but that's, that is real. You want real, real friendships. This is where it begins because social media tricks everyone, myself included, into believing that I'm texting or I'm Snapchatting uh, uh, 20, 30 people at the time. Well, I know what everyone's doing. And so I don't have to know someone. Mm-hmm. That's the lie there. I know what everyone's doing. I know what's going on. I know who's at the party. I know what we're doing tonight. So I don't. I I no longer need to be, according to Scripture, fully known. That's a lie from hell. 
Mm-hmm. So it's lonely too. It is. Lonely. It's lonely, and so yeah. How do you combat? It kind of makes your job easy if you think about it. It's like, well, here's here's how you do it. You get not not technology FaceTime. You get real FaceTime. Right. This is what this looks like. You hang out. Oh, it's awkward. I don't care. Welcome to life. Life is awkward. There's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with feeling awkwardness. Well, hey, you know what happens when you get a group of teenagers? I noticed this. We have a high school guys retreat called Flix, and um, it's coming up. If you want to sign up for it, you can sign up. <laughs> shameless primal, plug. primal, shameless, shameless plug. plug. But these boys, like we t- we take their phones away um, for the day, and they played like they in like you're talking a nerd is playing with QB1 and they are playing what's the thing gaga, gaga ball, ball and they're sweaty and they're gr- and it was hours and hours and i was like this is beautiful they're not on a phone they're not like this not the fake relationship they're getting to know each other you know it, and i was just like they're playing like my 8 year old son would play and it is it was just such a cool thing to to remove the falsehood of friendships online and watch them just mold together um, and just be actual, actual friends. And so, okay, so we're going to wrap up one last question. We're going to try to wrap up each one of our episodes with, um, and you guys can answer this individually or just chime in. But if you had a chance to tell every parent at Three Circle, every parent listening, something about friendships, what would it be? I'd say be authentic. Uh, I One thing, this is my own personal mantra, you know, I never want to be accused of being fake. So for me to put that on display for my kids, I want I want Hudson and Macy to see daddy as the same daddy at the ballpark as he is the same daddy at home. I want him to see daddy praying with people at church, but also praying with people when we're hanging out at a cookout, like uh, just unashamedly authentic. And, and, you know, in an artificial world, that is unique. And... You know, so yeah, I'd, I'd start there. Be vulnerable, be transparent, and be authentic. Be the same every, in every room you walk into. Yeah, I would say, um, what are your values? Because what you value, your student's going to value. And it's going to show up tomorrow what your student values, and it's going to show up 10 years from now what what they value because of what you are valuing now. There is a reason your student loves playing ball more than they love coming to church. Mm, there's a reason. Word. I also think there's I'm I'm a mini friends person. I want to have lots of friends. I have my friends who like to do I thought you said mini friends, like miniature. Oh, actually I do have many friends. They're all going into their senior year of ten of them. We call them my mini BFFs. That's actually true. Um That's great. but uh you want to have I like to have many friends. And so um I can juggle lots of acquaintances. I have a few very close friends. That's how I operate. I have some kids that we are like. The goal is one to two friends, and that is because they're wired differently than me. And yeah. so I hope that, like, I'm okay with not trying to push my friendship needs and goals on my children, but really knowing them and really helping them to understand and communicate. Like, I have a son, and he could not handle more than one or two friends. And I have a daughter, and she needs 15. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. <laughs> um, and so I think just knowing them and not necessarily placing expectations 
of my own on them um, is a good place to be. I would say let's be good friends. Let's live it out. Let's be an example to what we're telling our kids. And so if I'm telling my kids, Isaac, like you were saying, my relationship with the Lord, your relationship with the Lord should be a priority. The way you treat others should be a priority. Church is a priority. Community is a priority. I sh- They should visibly see that in my life. And so are we being good friends? Are we showing up for our friends? Are we calling them? Are we showing our kids how to show up when something's hard and then also when something's fun? Go to the party, but also be the person who calls them in a time of need. Um, and are we living that out the best of our ability um, to love others like God loves us? And I think that if we did that as models, as parents, I think it would change the way our kids view friendships. And so that wraps up our first episode here at Parent University. Thank you guys for listening. We hope you will join us again next month as we talk about a really deep topic of suicide, but one that we want to talk about at Suicide Awareness Month. So we hope you'll tune in for that and be on the lookout for more things coming your way as a part of Parent University. 